Real faith works. Look around. God's house is starting to fill up. There's no COVID going to hold us back, countryside. But I'd like to welcome all those that are watching online as well. We have the Robinson family watching from Clearwater. Darlene from Holiday. Marissa is watching from a college dorm room in Trinity. Frank and Kay. We miss you, Frank and Kay, watching from Tennessee. I know you're on vacation right now. And one of our missionaries, Gwen Conrad, is watching from El Paso, Texas. Let's welcome all those that are watching online. You're part of our family, and we love you so much. Pastor Joe was fired up this morning. We could just go ahead and close up. We had church already, but there's still more. How many are enjoying so far the book of James? This is so much life that's coming out of the book of James. So I want to encourage you to really dive in, be all in, lean into what God's saying during this um, study. We're doing a four-week series on the book of James. Really, really good. Today is a very, very important day as we're looking at our words and what our words mean. So I want to dive back into when I was a junior in high school, Countryside High School, 1992, I was a junior. Oh, that first service, a couple people got it. That's, they didn't laugh. Okay, 1982, I was a junior in high school at Countryside High School. And right at the beginning of the semester, I knew that there were going to be some elective classes that I was going to have to take. And I was at a point in my college studies or my high school studies where I was either going to do like a, a really hard class or do an elective that may be a little bit easier. And so I did a class that was called speech or public speaking, one of the two, I can't remember, it's been a long time. But I went into that class and the first week the lady got up and the teacher and she said, get ready because you're gonna get out of your comfort zone and you're gonna have to give a minimum of three speeches during this semester. I'd never ever spoken publicly before. I was a nervous wreck. So I was so nervous, the first assignment was everyone's gonna give a five minute talk. So when it was up to my time, I, I was pacing it out by the alphabet, I knew exactly when my day was gonna be. I very conveniently would get sick when it was my turn. And I had different sicknesses. I had all the symptoms of COVID-19 back in 1982. And I know mom's watching online right now. I know I was faking, forgive me, I love you. She would go, Glenn, get up, you've gotta to go to school. <clears throat> I'm, I'm so sick, mom. Well, I wouldn't just miss the day, I would miss the entire week of school. And so by the time I got back, they would forget my turn. And so I did that a couple of times and it worked really well. I was missing weeks of school that semester. I was so nervous. And then one day the lady pulled me outside and she said, just so you know, you're gonna give a 20 minute speech and you're not skipping out at the end of the semester. You're gonna fail if you don't show up. I couldn't fail. That's not an option. I've never failed before, a class. And so I got my speech together. I was a nervous wreck. I was looking and reading, losing my place losing my train of thought. At the end of my speech, I just kind of, you know, closed the notebook and I, you know, went and sat down. You know, like how Napoleon at the end of his dance, he was like. <laughs> That's kind of what I felt like. 
And so at the end of class, she pulled me aside again. She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a C minus, but this is what I want to tell you. Don't ever do anything with your life where public speaking is a part of it at all. She said, you are one of the worst I've ever had in my class. It was so bad. I'm giving you a C because I don't want you to have to go through this again. I could tell you were stressed out, but never. It's bad, Glenn. Don't ever do anything with public speaking again. Of course, I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I will never do anything with public speaking. I just want to encourage you, never say never with God. Amen? But I want to tell you what happened that day. She spoke words over my life. Our words are powerful. And she spoke words over my life that really affected me as a young adult. I became very introverted after that. I was already shy, but I became very introverted. I felt like a failure. I felt like I couldn't carry a conversation, so I isolated myself away from people. And it affected me so much. The words of one person spoke death over my life, and it affected me. Our words are powerful. Our words are gonna carry either life or death. In the book of James, it talks very clearly on the power of the tongue and the importance of us speaking life with our words. Are you ready to get into the book of James, part two? Let's hold up the word of God together. Father, we thank you that your word is life. I pray that you would feed us today, that, Father, you would open our hearts, even with the hard things that we're going to talk about today. Father, open our hearts because we do not want to leave this place the same. So we give you ourselves today in Jesus' name, amen. So last week we talked about the royal law and the importance of loving your neighbor as yourself. This week, real faith, real faith speaks life. And that's the subject that we're gonna be talking about as we look at James chapter three. But before we get into James chapter three, James was so excited about sharing on this subject he knew it was so important with what was happening in the church of that day, but it was so important to him that he began to talk about some things in James chapter one that was really on his heart. And so he knew he was gonna to get to it in James three in more depth, but he started in James chapter one, verse 19, and said, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So when he says take note of this, he's saying my brothers and sisters, that's what the church is. You know, I look around, and we see all kinds of people in this place. We see people from America, people from other nations. We see white, we see black, we see Hispanic, we see Asian. We see every race in this place. That's what I love about countryside. We're diverse in ages, but we're diverse in nationalities and people groups. But yet, as a church, all of us are brothers and sisters. And so James is talking to us, the church, brothers and sisters, and he's telling you, take note. This is so important. I want you to take note at what I'm saying here. Everyone, I want you to say everyone. That includes you, everyone. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let that sink in. If we would begin to live our days and our conversations when we're in the workplace or maybe we're in family functions and we begin to live our lives and go into those conversations to say, I'm gonna be slow to speak. I'm gonna be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. To listen. You know, I talk to a lot of people and there's times people, they're not even listening to what I'm saying. 
I'm giving them some really life things. And all they're doing, I can see it in their eyes because they're not looking at me. Their eyes are just like, and they're, they're, they're thinking. They're thinking about what they're gonna say next to me instead of listening to what I'm saying to try to help them. We miss out on so much when we try to speak over people. When we're all constantly thinking about what we have to say is so much more important than what they have to say. But if we would begin to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Even when we disagree with people, slow to become angry. It's real easy, especially in the climate that we live in today. You start talking about different things, you could get stirred up. And you can become angry and you can say things that you regret. Once things come out of you, you can't take those things back. And the enemy will use our tongue, he will use our voice, he will use our anger to absolutely destroy relationships. So be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Verse 26 in James chapter one, it says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and the religion is worthless. God's called us to be spiritual people. But when we don't have a tight rein on our tongue, we allow hurtful words, angry words, mean words to come out of our, of our mouth, then it discounts everything that we're trying to say for the glory of God. It says that our spirituality, our religion is absolutely worthless if we don't have a rein on our tongue. Verse 26 is talking so clearly about tearing people down, gossip, spreading dissension. If you do those things, in the eyes of God, your religious stature, your spirituality rating is right at a zero. But have you ever been attacked by other people in their words? Maybe you can relate to what was said over me. They said, you're no good. That was the worst speech I've ever heard in my life. It's hurtful. Maybe you were in a family where words were just thrown out when you were young, and you allowed those words to go into your spirit and begin to define who you are as an adult, who you are. There's people that are 70, 80 years old that come into my office and they say, I am still wounded from something that was said to me by my father when I was seven years old. Because it went into them and it began to define them. Maybe you've heard this in your life that you were stupid, or that you're worthless, or that you don't have a purpose, that you're no good, that you're lazy. See, those words are negative words, hurtful words that are gonna do nothing but bring you down if you begin to believe what other people are saying about you, and allow other people's words to define who you are. I can remember Marilyn Hickey, great Bible teacher, was here 20-something years ago, and she was talking about one of her kids, and she said, one of my kids just can be so lazy, and every day I'd find myself saying, get out of bed, get to work, you are so lazy. And she said, the Holy Spirit convicted her one day and said, stop speaking death over your son. You need to start speaking life over your son. Those words are going to define who he is. At that point, my kids were lazy too. So I'm sitting there thinking, ooh, I need to stop calling my kids lazy. And when they're lazy, I'm like, you are a hardworking young man. Come on, let's get up and let's do this together. Begin to speak life. 
But stop believing what other people are saying about you. Believe what God says about you. Believe what God's word says about you because of who you are according to scripture and according to the word of God. I just wanna read some things from scripture that say who all of you are in the eyes of God. It says you're beautiful, Psalm chapter 45, verse 11. You're unique, Psalm chapter 139, verse 13. You're loved, Jeremiah 31, three. You're special, Ephesians 2, 10. You're created with a purpose, Jeremiah 29, 11. You're cared for, you're lovely, you're precious, you are strong, you are important, you are forgiven, you are a new creation, you are protected, you are empowered, you are chosen, you are family, and you are mine. That's what God's word says about you. Begin to believe what God says about you and not what people and what the enemy wants you to believe. Believe what God says that you are. And it will redefine your life and it will change the trajectory of where you're going based on your belief of who you are in God's eyes. This is what we have to do. In your notes, remember what God says about you and forget what others have said about you. We have to be careful with our words and what we say about other people. James is so just determined to put this out here so that all of us will be convicted to know that our mouth and our tongue can be so hurtful and bring such division. So in James chapter three, we're gonna look at James chapter three, starting in verse three, and here's point number one in your notes. Consider your words. Consider what you say. Consider what comes out of your mouth. You know, as you begin to think about what you're about to say, let it go through a filter. A lot of people, they say, well, I just don't have a good filter. Well, you need to get a good filter. You need to be slow to speak because sometimes people just spit things out. Once you spit it out, the damage is done. Oh, I didn't mean that. Yeah, you did. Because what's in the heart, the mouth speaks. So consider your words. James chapter three, starting in verse three, it says, when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whatever the, wherever the pilot wants to go. Verse five, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. It's a big deal. These aren't just little easy words that's being spoke here by the book of James, and James, the half-brother of Jesus. He talks about the importance of these body parts. You know, in Scripture, there's different parts of the body that represent different things. We see the heart represents your intention, your soul, your belief. Your hand, it represents strength in the Bible. Your tongue is how you speak to other people. And how we speak to other people matters. James has three illustrations here as we look in James 3. The first is controlling your speech is like putting a bit in a horse's mouth. I know all of you have horses in your garage, so you get that illustration. But you may not, but you have a car. 
So I'll give you the example of a car. It has a steering wheel. If you don't have your hand on the steering wheel when you're driving, you're gonna go off the road, you're gonna go into a ditch, and you're gonna cause damage. But when you have your hands on the steering wheel, that is where you're gonna guide where the car is going to safely go. Same thing with our tongue. Number two, the tongue is like a rudder of a ship. The rudder is small compared to the ship, but the rudder controls where the ship is headed. Not the wind, not the circumstances, or the rowers, or other people. The tongue will either keep your life in the will of God or outside of the will of God. Your tongue is that powerful. Number three, the tongue is a fire that sets your life ablaze, a fire from hell. When gossip spreads, it spreads like a fire. When negativity spreads, a negative opinion of someone else spreads, whether it's true or not, it's hurtful, it's negative, and it's gonna do long-term damage. Be mindful of your words. I've been in this church for going on 40 years here next year, it'll be 40 years. Over the years, I've seen, oh, I know it's amazing for someone 42 years old, right? Uh, but I've seen over the years, I've seen where something small would start spreading and then we went to the next person to the next person, went to the next person, went to 100 people. The next thing you know, it blows up the church with negativity, with hurt. It may have been partially true, but by the time it got to the 100th person, it was barely true and it was very hurtful and it began to burn down lives, literally burn the lives of people down. And you know who was affected the most by the negative things that could be spoken in a church? It was the new believer. The new believer that would come into church thinking, I want what they have, but then when they hear the negativity and the gossip and the negative things that can be spoken, they're like, Psh, it's better in the world than in the church. God help us never to be that kind of church. But things happen. Things happen with friends. Maybe you have a beef with someone. If you have a beef with someone, what does the Bible say? It doesn't say go talk to 10 people about your problem with that dude. It says to go talk to that dude. That's what the Bible says. And if you have a problem with the church, listen, talk to us as pastors. Talk to me, I'll give you my personal email address. Write it down, tofallon at countryside.cc. Just send me whatever you want, I'll, I'll, I'll answer you. But spreading dissension is spiritual arson. I don't want to be a spiritual arsonist and burn down any area of the church. God's called us to build each other up, encourage one another. Amen, three people, amen. James draws from the book of Proverbs. You can tell that he was well-versed in the book of Proverbs. And we're gonna look at Proverbs chapter 16, verses 27 and 28. It says, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. So if you're creating destruction with your words and you're setting a fire with negativity and painful things, James calls us a scoundrel. God's not called us to be a scoundrel. If we plant seeds of dissension, it's going to reap dissension in our own lives. You begin to say negative things about people, other people are gonna begin to say negative things about you. What you sow, you will always reap. You sow goodness, it's gonna come back on you. I can tell you, it's a boomerang. 
What you sow, you will also reap. You know, we live in a tense time in America right now. You turn on the news, it's division, divisiveness, hurt, disappointment. But what are we going to be as Christians in this atmosphere? Are we going to feed the blaze? Are we going to put gasoline on the fire? Are we going to speak words of love, words of unity, words of peace? You know, we talked about it in Micah when it says to act humbly, to love mercy and to walk humbly. That's what God requires of us. He doesn't require of us to get in the middle of a mess and stir things up and say, in Jesus' name, amen. I see some of the things that are happening on Facebook. People jump in, next thing you know, you got 200 comments, and it makes us look so stupid as Christians. We speak life. We speak life, and we live out what we believe every single day. The election's coming up. This is what I want you to know about what I feel about this election. More than ever, we need to pray. We need to pray for our nation. Right now, the trajectory of our nation can go either way. We've gotta begin to pray like we've never prayed before. Everyone that's eligible to vote should vote. We live in America. We live in a free nation. There are nations and countries all over the world that don't have the freedom to vote. Vote. Pray. Vote. And if you're not registered to vote in the lobby today, we have someone that's here, a good friend of mine, Mary Ellen Crowder, is, is out there registering people to vote. And this is what I want you to do. Register. Pray. In every area of our life, this is what we do. We live biblical principles and values. We vote Christian values and biblical principles. That's what our life is. This nation was raised on Christian principles and Christian values. How can we do anything different? So pray, seek the face of God, and vote biblical principles and values. How can you argue without countryside? God's in control. Believe that God's got our nation right where he wants us to be. I believe that our greatest days as a church and as a nation are right in front of us. But we've got to step up and do what God's called us to do. Amen? Number two in your notes. James also wants you to do this. Hold your tongue. Oh, Pastor Glenn, I'm just very talkative. I just have so much to say. Hold your tongue. That's my answer. This isn't for just people that are shy and quiet. This is for all of us. James chapter three, starting in verse seven, it says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have tamed by mankind. But no human being, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Seems like James has a little experience in this area. He must have been in the middle of a bunch of this that was going on throughout the church. It was like, enough! Believers, brothers and sisters, consider your words. Hold your tongue. Be careful of what you say. Even when no one's around, or maybe even just your family is there. I can remember when my kids were young. My first two were, my third one wasn't even born yet. But I had issues on the road. When I would drive, 
I would have issues when people would pull out in front of me. I had issues. I had issues when people were in the, this far left lane on the right blinker on and they're going 10 miles an hour and I can't get around. I had issues. And I had a bad habit. Somebody would pull out in front of me. I would break out into my Spanish, Pastor Joe. <laughs> and I'd be like, and I'd hit the steering wheel and I'd say, idiota! <laughs> well, it was real funny until my three-year-old said, when someone pulled out in front of me, Idiota! <laughs> and then Elaine looks over at me and says, well, good job, Davis. And I don't want to say who it was, but he got it under control. It's okay. <laughs> but what comes out of your mouth affects the people around you. It affected my kids. It affected things that they would say, and they would think that it was okay. I wanted to speak to husbands and wives with your words Speak life to one another. Don't call each other names. Don't raise your voice and scream at each other because once that hatefulness comes out, you can't take it back. Our first year of marriage, Elaine and I, we had never gotten into a fight. Well, we're human, so we got into an argument. She called me a name, I called her a name back. It was like jerk or whatever, something like that. Maybe a little worse. But we got together that night, and there I was, I was taking a shower, and I thought, man, my wife thinks I'm a jerk. And I called her a mean name back. There's no taking that back. It's out there. I'm a jerk. Because my wife called me a jerk. And at that night, we got together and we said, we will never call each other a name again. We will never raise our voice like that again. We set very clear boundaries that when we're so angry that we're gonna raise our voice, that's not the time we're gonna discuss the issue. We're gonna come back when we're calm, cool, and collected. And you know what? 30 years later, we haven't called each other names. It was too hurtful. I didn't wanna live my life calling. It's just too hurtful, it's too painful. If we're just speaking death and negativity about each other, how are we gonna have a good marriage? It's the same thing with each one of us. We hear the term, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That right there is fake news. Words, there's a lot of times I wish somebody would just take me and beat the tar out of me with a stick than to speak the negative, hurtful words that you carry for years and sometimes decades to come. Be careful of what you say. Your tongue is a loaded weapon, just waiting to go off. And once it shoots out, there's no turning around. It's out there. Forgive what people have said to you. Maybe there's hurtful things that you've carried into your adult life. It's time to forgive and let go and move on. That's not who you are. But for all of us, we've got to say, God, I surrender my tongue to you. When you begin to surrender your tongue and say, God, my tongue is yours, and I want to speak good things, I want to build people up, I want to encourage people, I want to say lovely, kind, caring things to people, it's going to change our entire conversations, but we got to give it to Jesus. You know, and you know, sometimes one of the holiest things you can ever do is to say nothing. Someone says something just gets you so stirred up, and you're just ready to go off on them. I'm going to let them have a piece of my mind. You know what the holy thing to do? It's just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
It's hard. Sometimes your opinion is just, they deserve to hear it in Jesus' name. Well, maybe the holier thing to do is just be quiet and let God do a work. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, it says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. You know, the book of Proverbs is a book of poetry. This is a poem. Too much talk leads to sin. But be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Now, men, I'm not encouraging you to go to the Hallmark store and buy a card that has this poem on it and give it to your wife. I love you, honey, here. But I want to tell you, it's such a good word to be sensible because too much talk leads to pain and leads to sin. James goes on in in the final point in our notes here today with the power of the tongue. It says, number three, let your speech reflect God's heart. What we say, people are listening. You don't realize the people around you with your conversation, people are nosing into your phone calls at work. Just know that. They're hearing what you're saying. They're hearing how you're talking to someone. They're hearing what's coming out of your heart. Let your speech reflect God's heart. James chapter three, starting in verse nine. says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither a salt spring produce fresh water. Just know that. We can't have cursing and godliness coming out of our mouth at the same time. It doesn't make sense. It's like going to a water fountain. Back when we used to be able to use the water fountains, remember that? How long? That just seems like forever. But think about taking a sip of water and it's fresh, it's good, and then you go down to get the second sip and it's seawater, it's salt water, it's bitter. That's the same thing that's coming out of our mouth when we're speaking life and death coming out of the same tongue. Be mindful of your words. John 7, 38, it says, out of your mouth should flow rivers of living water. We should be a fountain of healing, a fountain of hope, a fountain of life. Last point in your notes, kind words heal people. Cruel words poison people. So determine in your heart, I am going to bless people with my words. I'm gonna speak life over my kids. I'm gonna speak life over my spouse. I'm gonna speak life over my friends and over my family. I'm gonna speak life over the people that I'm working with. I want life to come out of me. You see, it's so important that we build ourselves up in the word and we surround ourselves with brothers and sisters that are like-minded to build each other up as well. That's why we have groups. I know right now people are saying, you know, it's COVID. Pastor Glenn, it's COVID. COVID. It's COVID. I can't be in a group. It's COVID. Well, we have groups that are on Zoom. We have groups that are online. We have a humongous sanctuary, so the women that come, so if there's 200 women, you could be everywhere you want, wear your mask. We're taking temperatures. People are like, well, I can't believe we're taking temperatures. You know why we take temperatures? It's to eliminate excuses for people to hear the word. 
I want to eliminate anything that's going to cause somebody not to hear the Word of God. When we started taking temperatures, our attendance has gone up by 250 people on Sunday morning by taking temperatures. So it's not a political thing. That's what I want to do as a pastor. I want to eliminate any obstacle from people hearing the Word of God and hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every week we are going to preach the gospel message. Every week we're seeing people going from darkness into light. We're seeing people going from the kingdom of hell to the kingdom of heaven every week. I'm going to receive, I'm going to just get rid of obstacles so that people can come in and hear his word. You know, I used to go to a group at Grace Family Church once a month, a group of pastors, 25 of us. We go, we just encourage each other. They would say, oh man, I've got this email this week, and oh, these people are against me. I got a, a big vote on the color of the carpet this week. It's so hard. And I'm thinking, countryside, y'all are pretty good. You guys are encouraging. And when you're not encouraging, you just send emails to Pastor Tim, which I'm really pleased with that. That's good. Keep doing that. But that group was designed to build each other up. I can remember after my brother died, I went to a grief share at Salvation Army. I didn't know what I was feeling. I had no idea what I was going. I felt like I was falling apart. But there were people that had already fallen apart and had gone through it. And it began to speak life to me. Begin to show me how to grieve properly. It began to speak and, and share, and I was built up from that group. So eliminate the excuses. Sign up in the lobby today. There's groups everywhere. You feel alone. This is not the time to isolate yourself. This is time for you to connect with other believers in whatever way you're comfortable, but to not be isolated. When we isolate ourselves, we're right where the devil wants us to be, alone. And we're an open target to the enemy. So, how do you want to live your life? Do you want someone that speaks life? Do you want to be known as someone that is a life giver, a hope dealer? Or do you want to be known as someone that's a gossip, that's someone that's negative, someone that, oh, you can't trust them, they're just going to talk behind your back. Proverbs 15, 4 says, gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Life, hope, joy. I'm a dealer. I'm proud to be a dealer. I get to share hope every single week. Yeah, there's people I deal, I'm not dealing dope. I'm dealing hope. So join me, countryside. Come join me, and let's be hope dealers in the name of Jesus and change our world with our words. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer today. Father, we love you so much. Father, help us to grow to be into your image and your likeness, and let it begin with our mouth, with our tongue. Lord, we want to speak life, not death, life. Father, I pray for anyone that's had negative words spoken over them, Lord, I pray right now that you would remove the negativity that they felt because of the words that have been spoken over their heart and their lives. And I pray that they would begin to see themselves as you see them. They begin to believe what your word says about them instead of what people have said. Help us, God, to trust you and to put our hope and our future into your hands. With every head bowed and every eye closed before we dismiss today, Maybe you're watching online and you, you feel like you're in a place where you're far away from God. I want you to know you may feel that, but God is right next to you.
Maybe you're here today and you feel so far away from God. God is not far away from you. He's always right next to you. Be still and listen to the still small voice. The voice of God says, I love you. I forgive you. I've got a plan for you. There's a hope and a future in your life when you trust me. But maybe you've tried other things. Maybe it's relationships or people or the world offers so much, but oh, the end thereof is always death. But the end thereof with God is always life eternal. True joy, true peace through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today, you say, Pastor Glenn, that's what I need. Maybe you wanna rededicate your life. Today's the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's your day. When I count to three, if that's you, you wanna be included in this prayer as I close, I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I am gonna pray for you and I'm gonna believe that this is a new beginning and your life will never be the same again. If that's you, when I count to three, will you raise your hand and look at me? One, two, three. God bless you. Thank you. I see your hand and yours and yours and yours. I see your hand over here. God bless you. God bless you over on this side. Coming into the middle section. God bless you. I see your hand. and God bless you. I see your hand and yours. God bless you. It's a new day. It's a new day. Anyone else want to be included in this prayer? Lots of hands today. Father, I just thank you for each and every person that raised their hand today. Bless them and anoint their lives, I pray. Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raised their hand? Let's pray together. Repeat this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. You gave your life so that I might have life. I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins and put you first. Today, I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, been a good day in God's house, church. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. I love you so much. Have a wonderful week. Wasn't that a wonderful word by Pastor Glenn? How many of you appreciate our pastor? Oh. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing? I just want to take an extra few seconds to speak words of life over you. If you're watching online, these are for you as well. And if you're not standing online, just turn your, your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. You are loved. You're valued. You're wanted, you're needed, and the purposes that God has for your life are so very, very important to God, to this church. May you know these things, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another service here at Countryside. What an amazing word we had 
today. If you gave your life to Jesus, I just wanna say congratulations. It is the first step in a brand new journey. It is gonna be an amazing time following God, learning to be like Him, receiving forgiveness. Man, I'm just so happy for you, and we wanna partner with you on this journey, so please let us know how we can pray for you. You can go to countryside.cc prayer, or you can go to the prayer tab in our Countryside app. But we will see you guys next week at 9.30 or 11.15.